couldn't help it today. It is just too nice of a day to sit inside. I had to move my whole little microphone set up and myself and, and uh, you know, come outside. And I had to come and really soak in the good fresh air. Listen to the birds sort of sing to me. Do do what they got to do. They're telling me something. And it's a good day. It is a great day, actually. It's, um, it's the first day of my favorite two-week sprint in existence down here in South Louisiana. So welcome, Hold the Gravy listeners. It's been a minute. It's been a little while since I, I got to hear from you or, or, or talk to you. A lot has been going on. I appreciate your patience, of course, and, and um, if you've been wondering what I've been up to, I've been up to a lot. I've been busy. I've been traveling. I've been really soaking in all of the good southeast region of the United States and, and seeing what Texas has to offer Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, of course, Louisiana. So where are you listening from today? You know, I, I, I need a, I need to hear from you sometimes. And, and, um, I got an Instagram, I got a Facebook on hold the gravy. So if you ever, if you ever got some questions or some concerns, or you just want to talk sometimes and, uh, let me know what you think about hold the gravy and what you think about Louisiana. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to hear your perception of of maybe life getting back to normal. I'd love to talk more about that, and I'd really love to hear about how everybody's mental health is staying good, and or if it's you know if it's something that we need to work on, then I'm also here to boost the positive. What else is going on today? Let me uh let me explain to you how excited I am about today's episode and and today's interview that I'm going to bring you. It is one of my absolute favorite musicians but also favorite cultural historians and just favorite people to to be around and I I I have the honor of calling him a friend of mine and I'm such a fan of everything he does and, and every piece of music he works on and everything he does for Louisiana, I think, is uh, is really important. And I also think that his family name has held a a stake in Louisiana culture and has held a torch to the lineage of, of what the Michaud family has done and... and uh, we're talking about the Lost Bayou Ramblers, y'all. We're talking about Louis Michaud is on today's episode, and I'm extremely excited for you to hear our conversation and hope it can be, you know, the first part of many conversations. It was a, it was a quick meetup. I was able to catch him when he was in New Orleans a few weeks ago, and he's busy. He's a busy, busy man, and he's back to touring, and he's back to doing everything he can to continue the culture and continue to teach everybody what is going on down here, teach everybody Cajun French music, sing it to them. It's it's a beautiful thing. It is my favorite day of the year, I think, is right now. And we're getting blessed with about 80-degree weather right now in, in Louisiana in late April. You have no idea how grateful I am for that, and I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. And it's the kickoff to Festival International in Lafayette, Louisiana today. And I'll be out there. I'll be out there enjoying all of the bands, as much music as I can soak in in this great weather. I've been driving around. I've, get, I've been getting really excited seeing the porta-potties get set up, seeing all the tents get built and the, the stages Thank you to the stage crew members. I'm honored to say that my own music project, The Iceman Special, 
will be performing at the festival on Thursday night at 9.30 p.m. on the Beer Garden stage. And I am honored. I am very, very honored to be on such a great lineup this year. I really feel like Festival International took my favorite artists over the last 15, 20 years and put them all on the 22, 2022 lineup because, seriously, I mean, I can't go on and on about this. I can do a whole episode about the music of this festival, but it's incredible. And if, if you're around Lafayette, if you're close to it, if you're thinking about using up those airline mileage points you got like just buy the ticket you know it's a free festival it is the world's largest free international festival in lafayette louisiana you have to use those two words together free and international but i have looked it up i have googled it a few times i'm pretty sure it is still upholding the first prize of Biggest in the world, and I'm telling you, the lineup this year is just magnificent. So kudos to Lisa Stafford, kudos to all of her wonderful Festival International crew members and her team over there. It's it's an honor to be working alongside them and, and helping any way I can, and, and I'm always willing to lend a hand if you need me to load a guitar amp or do something like that man i'm i'm down you know it's just it's it's i can't help it music is in my blood music is in my lifestyle i try to do many other things and many other jobs but it all comes down to for me um back to the entertainment industry and back to the the gathering of the communities and back to sharing recipes and sharing ideas and sharing sounds from a stage and and all of that all of that sort of umbrellas itself into what i love about life really um and, and days like today and weeks weeks like this week and next week uh, jazz fest is obviously starting on friday in new orleans and i'll be meeting up with my jazz fest family on Late, late Saturday night, technically Sunday morning, the Iceman train will be rolling into town, and we have a few gigs between this weekend and next weekend, so you can definitely catch us out in New Orleans. And again, down here in South Louisiana, we're just blessed when there's good weather. We are absolutely blessed with an outdoor event and good weather on the radar, what more could you possibly ask for? I, I'd, I'm beside myself, y'all. I got the goosebumps just sitting outside right now, talking to you, looking at the blue sky. Spring is in the air. My dad's garden is raging on. He's got tomatoes. It's, it's a beautiful thing. That's right. I mean, listen, I've had a lot on my mind. And I, I do apologize for the sporadic introduction of this episode, but I'm very excited to bring you this interview. I think it's incredible what Louis Michaud has done for this state and, and the Michaud family, and I'm very happy with our conversation, and I hope that it is the first part of many, many of more conversations with him, and I'd love to have him back on this podcast and it was really great meeting up with him right before his Wednesday at the Square performance in New Orleans a few weeks ago. And Lost by Your Ramblers has been super busy. They've been killing it all over the country. If you have not seen them in your area, I highly suggest it. I know they just ripped apart the stage at French Quarter Fest. He's playing tonight in Lafayette at Rev Coffee House. I might have said that wrong. But he's playing with Misho's Melody Makers. It's kind of a, a version of Lost Body Ramblers, but some members aren't on stage. It's different music they play. They have an album called Blood Moon. That's one of my absolute favorites. So I'll be going to see them tonight. I'll be going to see Lost Body Ramblers on. 
Friday with the 79ers gang, and you can hear us talk a little more about that collaboration. And and just come find me, you know? I, I, I can't express enough how I wish everybody that I've ever met in my life was at Festival International. It's, it's my childhood musical, magical wonderland. And uh, to be growing up and to be feeling more and more a part of it each year is something that I cherish and it's something that I hope everybody finds you know I hope I hope that you guys find a, a commitment or a, a a passion that really in is instilled in in your DNA and if if it's your family that may have passed it on if it's your brother, your mom, your your teacher, your principal, like what it, whatever it is, whoever is in your peers and your list of peers, like I hope that they gave you once an experience that you will cherish for the rest of your life and that you will hold dear and near to your heart, like to go back and feel committed to give back. And if that's cultural, if that's any, you know, I, I, it's culture for me, but I can't express enough, y'all. And um, something else exciting that has happened the last two weeks. We got shrimp. Well, we had shrimp. It's it's gone now. You missed your chance. Little man came into the Delcom port, and he sold probably 10-plus thousand pounds of shrimp on two different trips. That is an amazing an amazing sign. We have had a pretty rough season um, months prior, but look, the people showed up. Delcom Seafood and Farmers Market posted it. They said, show up tomorrow. Sold out in four hours. That's like 5,000 pounds in four hours, four or five hours. I mean, that's absolute commitment. That's what I'm talking about. That right there is is seafood culture and you're not going to miss out on fresh Gulf shrimp whenever you're told, hey, show up, bring your ice chest, you got to wait in line, the weather might be nice, it might not, but you're going to get some shrimp if you show up early enough. And they did. The people did. They left happy. They may have cooked an etouffee. They may have fried some shrimp. They may have just shucked the heads and put it all in their freezer for later, and, and that's that's okay too, you know? You're, you're thinking for the future. You're planning for the the rest of the summer, maybe, you know. And it's just incredible. I, I'm so happy to say that that the seafood... Far, the, I'm so happy to say that the seafood and farmers market has been a great success this spring. There's a market next weekend on May 7th. And we're getting we're getting close to the the final markets of the spring, and then we're going to take a little break during the summer months. But the shrimp was good. The shrimp was back. People people bought it up so fast, y'all. It was it was amazing to see. And uh, thank you for supporting our local sh- our, our local fishermen and the shrimp catchers of the United States and and the the South Louisiana region specific. I want to give a, a big shout-out to my family over in Sulphur, Louisiana, my, my in-laws, and we, we had a great Easter out with them, and actually in Houston, Texas, where my fiancé's brother lives. We boiled some crawfish out there. It was, it, it was probably one of my first times uh, boiling crawfish across state lines, and uh, it was good. It was really good. I didn't, I didn't exactly know where they where the crawfish came from or if it was some ponds in East Texas. I assume it was, but it was really good and we had a great time out there and crawfish season is also coming to an end. It's been a a rager of a crawfish season. I've had I've had more crawfish this spring than I think I've had in probably a few years honestly and um i want to give another shout out to select crawfish company in new orleans right off third and magazine street my homie chris and his partners 
They whip it up every week out at Tracy's. I live right there, and he's certainly showed me some head-sucking love, gave me a tray of some spicy daddies, and I can't thank my crawfish gods enough. It's been great, and it's after Easter now, so you can probably get them a lot cheaper. We're having a crawfish boil on May 5th in New Orleans, Louisiana. We're having a event at a place called the Rabbit Hole, and I think he's going to be coming out there and, and boiling for us. And It's also going to be Cinco de Mayo, so I think we're going to have some tacos available, but maybe some shrimp tacos for to keep it in the, in the seafood realm, you know? But thank you all so much again for listening to Hold the Gravy over, over the last few months, and I, I, uh, I'm so excited to be doing this, and I'm still learning so much, and I appreciate you for... for Holding tight, holding holding some some culture with me and holding the gravy, you know? And uh a lot of people ask me, you know, what what is it? What what's what's with hold the gravy? What is uh what are you doing? And I don't always know how to answer yet, and I think that's okay. It's it's really the infant stages of, of what I want this to be or what I hope that it can become with so many people involved in in my life personally and so many culture bearers that I meet and come across unexpectedly on random nights, on random days, mornings, whatever it is. And it's like, man, I, I can't always have my microphones with me. I can't always say, wait, hold on, let me press record. It, it's it's something that I'm living. It's something that I've I've sort of dove into with this lifestyle and with the region that I live in and it it's I'm blessed by it and I'm grateful every day that I was raised in a in a family that instilled good traits into me, you know? And I'm I'm hoping I can hold the torch and I'm hoping I can pass that along to my children and my younger brother and my cousins and and all of that and uh it all means so much to me you know and i just want to really thank all of the musicians out there and and the fishermen and the poets and the painters because if it was not for y'all i don't i don't know if this i don't know if this world would be as pleasant, or I don't know if I would wake up every day feeling this good, you know? All right, all right, I've I've rambled enough on this intro, and I appreciate you for, for listening, and I appreciate you for clicking again on another episode of Hold the Gravy. But I'm going to bring to you the interview today. This is episode 14 with Louis Michaud of Lost Bayou Ramblers. Cheers, man. Appreciate that, yes. man. Nice little beverage. An undisclosed location in in mid city New Orleans on a a nice Wednesday, and uh, I got to I got to catch you, man. I got to catch you on on such a busy schedule, and I know you know things are things are back to normal, and y'all are definitely on tour and rolling, and I love to see it. And y'all are playing today in New Orleans at Lafayette Square. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, this is a reschedule from two years ago, so we're still making up gigs from 2020. Uh, yeah, man, glad to finally make the podcast. I know sometimes spontaneity is the best way to go. <laughs> That's kind of my favorite preferred method, especially with this. And it's like sometimes you, you even just jump into a conversation too soon, and it's like, hold on, let me press record. <laughs> let me get the mics ready. No, but but I, I always I always find like some of the most sort of sort of natural responses or natural questions that just kind of flow out. And, and you and I, we've, we've been needing to do this and been needing to catch up, and we've done a couple of other projects together over the years with our bands and with our families in, in Louisiana. And I, I've just I've, I've been a fan of yours and, and the Misho family for, for so long, and I just uh, really appreciate you taking today to come and come and share a little bit of story with me man oh, that's man. that's Go all ahead. it is that's what it's about exactly and hold the gravy really is, has become that for me and it's it started with a focus on seafood culture 
and it's, it's with the port of Delcom, and we partnered with a lot of people in New Iberia, a lot of different, different nonprofits there, and, and a, a couple of different projects with the Bayou Tesh Museum. So I figured this is right up, uh, right up your alley, man, just all the knowledge that you have and all the, the stories that you really just create for, for you and your family and pass on the torch from, from that Misho name. So Definitely, definitely. It goes all up and down Bayou Tesh and all up and down the river and you know, it's, it's all, it is, it's family, it's, it's history, it's stories, and it's figuring it all out and seeing how we got here and why we're here. And you still, <laughs> you still live on Bayou Tesh. I live right near Bayou Tesh up uh, between Leonville and Arneville. Nice. Yeah, I see, uh, I see some videos of you and your pirogue sometimes. And, <laughs> and uh, you, you just recently had, you, you opened a houseboat music studio. Yeah, well, it was actually passed on to me. Uh, my buddy Corey is uh, in the process of, of, he had started turning this one into a solar-powered steamboat. It's actually a paddle wheeler. And when he got close, it's a whole other story, but he figured he needed a better haul. So he went down to Lauraville to uh, Razorhead down there, and he's got a professional hull being fabricated. He passed me the old hull, old hull. So during the middle of the pandemic, I finally had some time, and I went and renovated it and turned it into my houseboat studio. It's his old houseboat. He named it Sister Ray after the uh, Velvet Underground song. Nice. And uh, so I finally inhabited it, and his is almost finished, and his is going to be amazing. Mine is, was the, the pre-thought, and I'm so glad to have it. And it's on a trailer's dry dock, but if the water ever rises, I'm ready for it. Right. I saw, I saw the other day alone you were, you were vacuuming some water out. <laughs> what, was, what happened there? It, it just, you know, I did my best to, do, to renovate it in the middle of the July sun out in the open. And, you know, there's still a few leaks. Like on the, we had to completely re replace the, the deck. There's a small deck when you enter before you walk in. And I did like two layers of plywood and the, and the felt paper and everything. And, man, it's still finding its way in. And then, you know, so it, the hull takes on water underneath the floor. So every once in a while I have to pop up the floor and, and wow. siphon the water out or bilge it out. <laughs> wow. No, I saw it and I was like, man, look at this. And he had all his, his recorders, every, all the stuff kind of off the ground just, oh, yeah. just for the time being to, to save the gear a little bit. And so has, yeah. any, has any music been recorded in there yet or just sort of some, some demos? or Mainly some demos. I've been working on some of my own material. Over the pandemic, I had so much time to kill, so to say, or <laughs> try to keep, you know, keep going in different ways. And um, I was commissioned to do a few songs, and then some of those turned into things, and then sometimes I would just have ideas or want to redo something. So I've been learning to record on my own for like the last 10 years, and I have like a four-track reel-to-reel and like a four-track interface so what i do is i stick a few mics outside and get some of the natural sounds and then i have my mics inside and i'll just play or sing or whatever i'm trying to do and do it over and over and uh i've i've managed to get a few recordings out of it and i've started a, a project that i'm working on in my own music and is that outside of lost bayou ramblers and me shows melody makers yeah exactly exactly that's the funny thing i have so many bands but I've never performed as myself, so right. as Louis Michaud, whatever. And so I'm finally working on material that I'm, you know, calling with a bit of hesitation solo projects. There you go. <laughs> so how do you, how do you sort of separate all these different projects and, and at least, you know, not only the, the Cajun cover tunes that, that some of your sets include, but some of the originals? How does, how yeah. does making a set list Yeah, go, that's a, that's a great know? question because, you know, Michaud's Melody Makers, I started as a fiddle group, and that was, you know, it's kind of Soul Creole had, we had just started our hiatus, and I, and like, I always love having a side project, because of course, not every gig is right for Lost Bayou Ramblers, and then I want to be able to still take stuff on the side, and I started Michaud's Melody Makers with all this fiddle repertoire in mind, but even then I've started to make originals for Michaud's Melody Makers, you know, there's originals for Lost Bayou Ramblers, and it's crazy, because yeah, it's all Cajun French music, so what is the difference? And, you know, I just kind of feel it out. Like if there's a song, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is, this would be cool. Say whether it's an old Lomax recording or some field recording that I'm bringing new life to or something I've written, it's really about listening, feeling what it would be right for, which is how I came out with this solo album, I, this uh, solo project, because, you know, some things 
I shift to Lost by Ramblers. Let's learn this. Some things I shift to Melody Makers, it's right. Some things are for Soul Creole. And every band kind of has their own, you know, niche or style within the Louisiana French music. It's all Louisiana French music, accordions and fiddles and all that, and mostly French, a little English. But with this solo stuff, it was, it was things I was like, well, I actually attempted to bring Melody, Michaud's Melody Makers into the mix. And it still felt like, wow, it's even beyond that. It's really just my my personal music that I wrote most of it and some of it, a few a few covers from old recordings. So yeah, it's just, it's like, wow, it finally found its way where it doesn't fit in any of the bands and it's really from my, my voice and from my perspective. So it's an interesting thing after being in bands this long and never really putting my name out there, which I'm still, you know, warming up to the idea or so, but it's, it's been a fun process. I finally decided to take all this material from two years and really give it some work in the last month or two. So nice. So still fresh, very fresh. Not, and, and not even just to add to the, the, the Misho sort of lore, I guess, but y'all just got off of a tour with Pogatry in Motion too. So that's sort of a whole nother style of a set list that you have to create. Um, you know, mixed in with Cajun French tunes, but you got your band, you know, rocking Irish rock music, punk rock music, and it fits so well. And it's just, it's so amazing to see, I guess, an artist like yourself be able to jump on stage with so many different bands and, and be able to still hold it down and still remain sort of comfortable in your own sort of presence, you know? And I saw, uh, does Le Frere, Le Frere Michaud have a spot at, Jazz Fest? Fest? Yeah, first time, either the first time or the first time in 30 years. I can't, I haven't got <laughs> yeah. that quite answer yet. Oh, we'll, we'll call it the first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and does that come from your, your grandfather, your father? It was, it was my dad, it was Andre and I's dad, and, and he, had, there, he came from 10 siblings, so five of the brothers at a time would play in Le Ferrami show growing up. They started in like the 1980s, and then... When we, when by the time the late 90s came around or the mid 90s, uh, Andre started playing the early 90s when different, when different brothers would be on tour and such. So he started placing, I started placing. So we became part of Le Ferrami Show in the 90s. So we've been doing it, you know, ever since, whenever we can, whenever we're not busy doing other things. And they've still been playing regularly for since the mid 80s. So this will be great to have it at Jazz Fest. Um, yeah, and that, there you go. That's really how we learned to listen and to learn to hear how Cajun music works. And you know, it was just it was just kind of just kind of something we grew up with, and we realized, didn't really ever realize what it was. It was mm -hmm. just kind of part of life. Like if you grow up in Lafayette, that's just you're just in Lafayette. You don't realize what Lafayette is to an outside person. Right. It was kind of like that. It was kind of like, well, we're just in a Cajun band. We didn't even know it was a Cajun band. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's just like, that's what we do. Right. But, uh, but at the same time, you know, my dad and them learned, they, they played all kinds of music before. They played like folk music of the 60s. They were that generation. And their dad played piano and piano accordion, the old time music, Hand My Walking Cane and uh, all these songs. And then his dad, Louis Michaud, the first Louis Michaud played, he was from Avoyles Parish. Louis Michaud's mom uh, played accordion. Wow. So our great-great-grandma played accordion, and one of our cousins still has it. He just actually passed away, uh, David Floyd. And uh, so, and then on my mama's side, our great-great-grandma was an accordion player as well. She was in Shreveport, and she was a uh, piano accordion and organist and violinist and piano player. Like, we have a 78 of her playing some, um, oh, Mos I don't know. One of the one of the composers, right, right, <laughs> really good song. Wow, <laughs> I need to learn that. But yeah, so you know, music's been in in the family blood and everything. But you know, really, the family show kind of brought it to the stage for the first time, as far as we know. Right. Besides, and another story I could go on about Uncle uh, Uncle Forrest Michaud Dequeer, who who played with Huey Long. Oh, uh, wow. Like played for Huey Long and composed with Huey Long. Besides that, you know, it's pretty much been, and, and besides the great grandma who played for the silent films, I feel like Le Ferrami Show is the first professional generation uh, of our direct line. But yeah, and then coming all the way to 
you know, continuing the Cajun French thing, and we do, you know, other things, of course, on our own, but getting all the way to the Pogatry set, like you mentioned, has been so cool because people used to compare us to the Pogues back in the day because, oh, you're taking a traditional music and kind of doing your own thing with it. And we met Spider in 20, uh, 2005. And so we've been playing with him for going on yeah, seven years. And, you know, just this last tour we did this in March, uh, which was a re <laughs> finishing up the tour that was canceled in 2020. Right. Feel like we're just really getting a handle on it after seven years. So like you said, you know, a whole nother set list. It's like a, right. you know, a fifth band, you know, or whatever. And it's just like whole nother repertoire. And we're really, really finally felt like I could sing along on the parts we're supposed to and play at the same time. You know, it's just, it's, and really getting into the, the music of the Pogues is so amazing because Shane McGowan is such, such a good writer. Whether poetry to begin with and then the music that goes around it, it's just, it's amazing to get deeper into their repertoire and how they've kind of done the same thing. Take traditional airs, put new words on them or put new feelings on them and have things that are completely original and bring in old stuff new. And it's, it's, it's a very, uh, very, it just makes complete sense. And it, and it's great for him because they stopped, the Pogues stopped playing in 2010, I believe. So Spider has been able, no, I'm sorry. They stopped playing in 2004. Okay. No, wait, I'm sorry. 20, I got my, my years mixed up. 2015 was when we started playing with Spider. Right. So, not 2005. So they, start, <laughs> they stopped playing in 2014. So he kept on going by asking us to back him. And, you know, it's perfect because it's like completely like spontaneous out of the out of the blue. A Cajun band walks in. I know. So I, it's been great. And I think a lot of people, I mean, at, at least from the Tipitini show here and, and y'all are playing Brooklyn Bowl. Y'all played two Brooklyn Bowls, I think, on this last tour. Yep. They're obviously, you know, trusting the name to to sell some tickets to to put put y'all in a in a pretty large venue. I've, I consider outside of Louisiana. And, Definitely. and I mean. I didn't. I didn't really see anything except that was was Gorgo Bodello. Did he play? Yeah, on stage with y'all as well, and and that was sort of like all the videos I had seen from that night. Yeah. It was like, holy cow! Like Cajun Irish. Uh, he's from Ukraine. Ukraine. So it was like all three on stage performing. Definitely. You know the same song, and it was just it's really special. I mean, definitely that alone. Just somebody sort of. Instagram video from their phone like is I mean I'm getting chills just thinking about that Definitely. I was like man there Definitely. is some there's some serious power in that room right now and I I didn't get to see every show I didn't get to see you know snippets from the whole tour but mm -hmm. just seeing that alone man and 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 from Tibetinus to Brooklyn Bowl it's like y'all are that's really good that y'all are able to go and tour as Lost by You Ramblers still but y'all are still playing a whole nother set that yep. way you don't have to wait so long next time Lost by Ramblers <laughs> wants to go and tour the East Coast Definitely. as just y'all, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And I mean, I think it's, it's such a good step for us because, like you said, I mean, it's a whole other thing trying to tour as a cage band on the East Coast or wherever. We go where it makes sense when it makes sense. But where do you go, like, when you're, you know, we've been doing this for over 20 years, and, you know, where do you take it next as an artist? And we... We love what we do. We love the, the, the Louisiana French. We love the language, the musical language, the rhythm. We're not looking to deviate from that, but with the poetry thing, it's perfect because we get to learn so much from Spider and from Rocky Cotto Reardon because they have been, they have been, the Pogues have so much massive respect internationally they're, you know, it, people don't really know about around here as much, but, you know, they have, like, the second most popular Christmas song in Europe. Oh, my They've God. They've gotten almost a billion streams worldwide. They they were just looking at the little numbers the other time. They have their own whiskey that, like, sells out in Ireland, and they have their... But, you know, really from an experience standpoint, like, Spider shared the stage with Joe Strummer of The Clash for many years, when Shane McGowan left the Pogues for a while, it was Spider that sang, and then Joe Strummer came and sang with Spider as the Pogues. And, the, and Joe Strummer of The Clash turned Spider onto Cajun music. Wow. And it's just a beautiful full circle. And same with Cod. I mean, they've played with, they've have, they bring such a different perspective that we're, you know, we're like such 
homeboys, Louisiana, you know how it is playing here. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you go, you backstage, it's cool, it's whatever. And then with them, it's like, well, you get this whole different feeling of experience and learning and stage presence and the way people connect with their songs is just mind-blowing because it's something that we've never experienced because for one, we're speaking a language that's on the fringe. You know, right. people love our music, but they don't always get all the lyrics. Right. And it's like, sometimes I feel like the only person that understands all the lyrics is myself or luckily my wife because she speaks French and influences a right. lot of me. I know other people do, but you know, sometimes it gets to that point like, wow, it's really like you're almost creating just for yourself at a certain point. Whereas when you get on this Pogues music, it's completely like everyone's singing every last word and they're just, and you see why, because it's really moving music. It talks a lot about war. It talks a lot about pain. It talks a lot about party and it's like, it's brilliant, brilliant writing. And uh, it's very cool to, to, it's a very cool step for us as a band to be able to take part in that. That's amazing, man. And, and congratulations to you because that is, that is honestly just such a, an achievement, um, just just collaborating with with an international artist like that, and 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 it doesn't really stop for you because I'm still seeing new collaborations that you're you're coming out with, even on Festival International this year with <clears throat> with 79ers Gang. So y'all are doing a set with them, right? Or is that yeah so? yeah we we asked Festival to make it one big set. Wow. So it's basically. <laughs> And we're going to figure it out. And luckily, it we didn't know how we we're going to do it. Luckily, it turns out that they have to play Jazz Fest. So we're going to start. So that's Friday, uh, April 29th at Festival International. And we started doing this collaboration last year. We did a show at Tips with them. And it just went completely amazing because they stayed on, played percussion during our set and just really brought the vibe. It was just everyone was smiling the whole time. Like, man, like, you know, when you feel you get to that moment where you almost can't do wrong musically. It's just exactly. like everything's happening right. Yes, totally. So Romeo of, of 79 was back there playing the timbales. And, uh, you know, it was just it was so great. So we decided to do that again. And we've been learning their tunes and we've done some collaboration since. So we're going to start the show. They come, we do some collaboration and then they keep going. And yeah, and that's the thing about music. I mean, you can really, you can really, you know, it doesn't matter that they come from a whole nother tradition, even though it seems so close if you're looking from a global perspective. Right. To us, it seems right. so far. I've never seen, I've never been to a Super Sunday. I've never seen a Mardi Gras Indian Mardi Gras or nothing like that. It's completely foreign right. to us. But, but they would probably say the same as... Totally. As Totally. Chicken chasing in Eunice, or exactly, you know. and we bring it all together and not worry about it. And uh, so it turns out Jermaine, the other of the seven, the, the 79ers, because seventh ward and ninth ward, okay, coming together. So Romeo and Jermaine, and Jermaine uh, actually has been working on some French in his because he's from his people from Vachery, where some of the greats have come from in the past. And like you know, kind of like uh, Fats Domino's, he spoke French before English. A lot of people don't realize that. Wow. And Jermaine's kind of keeping that thing going on that he's actually bringing some French into the, their Mardi Gras into music and we've been working on a little thing. So it's, uh, yeah, exactly. The collaborations just keep on going and that's the beautiful thing about music. And it's, it really is, it has a much larger influence even on Cajun music, so to say, or Zotico or any, any music really. But if we want to look at our musics and say, you know, what is the purity of it or tradition or authenticity? I mean... Clifton Chenier, who made Zydeco, was just influenced by everybody. But I think it was Lightning Hopkins was his brother-in-law or cousin or something. They played together. And, you know, he loved Ray Charles. And, you know, Amade Bro and Amade Ardouin were both influenced by people coming from this way in New Orleans. And Cleoma Bro was doing jazz standards and, you know, the day. And Amade Ardouin went to New York and, you know, had all these experiences and just Jimmy Rogers and Mayus LaFleur hung out and you know it influences them. You can't not be influenced by what's around you. Right. So that's, it's, it's a continuation of cultural, you know, and when I say cultural, I mean, I mean music as in representation, but the, the influence and the collaboration that has, has surfaced, you know, through these meetings over the years and that's come to fruition is really is you cannot be cannot be understated because it's it's so important in what what 
Cajun and Zydeco music are today. And do you think that, <clears throat> do you think that at least what you're doing, you're holding your, your torch, you're, you're passing it on to your sons and, and hopefully they're paying notice to, to one day be able to do their own collaboration with an artist from New Orleans or if they even play music, I'm not sure, but I, that's kind of what happened with me and my family and, and uh, nobody ever forced me to do, I guess, what I do today, but it's something that I feel like it's, I, it's really needed. I really have to almost have these conversations and yeah. take pictures of certain artists and, and try to book certain shows together and try to put certain artists on the same stage and it's, it's just... Uh, it's a living it's a living thing you have to feed and be aware of and like you said no one no one told you you need to go do it right you they didn't say this it. is a legacy yeah, you, you must you must continue this legacy and no exactly yeah but it, it you feel out. that you know you you Definitely. sort of feel it if you have a little bit of common sense or a little bit of understanding of how special this state of Louisiana might be to yeah. the rest of the world you definitely know? definitely yeah for real it's um you know, it, 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 there's so much space. We're lucky here in Louisiana, in America in general, there's so much space for the artist in that way because, you know, not that we're subsidized and not that we're, because I could go on about that. I've played, in, I've played in other countries where the music is subsidized and I prefer the good old hustle of yeah. American. Like, it, it, if you're doing something people love, it's going to work. It's very, it's... It's almost like it's competitive. It's you gotta you gotta you gotta show up and show the fire or you're not gonna last. You know, no one's feeding your tank, you gotta feed your own tank. And that's what you say, I mean, I think there's so much space for artists to do that here, and not everyone is an artist. And so when an artist feels something and ha and has a calling to do something and they're able to follow that and they're able to put the pieces together for themselves and and to allow collaborations to happen, that's where the magic is. And that's that's how culture and music and such continues. And it, it's not, you know, it's not, oh, you're, you know, just because you're from somewhere means you're gonna do things a certain way and all this. It's it's completely it's completely out of necessity for one, right? I mean that's where a lot of guys I cut my teeth a lot playing on the streets and I was, you know, had to make a certain amount of money to live every day and I had to figure out how to do that which means how to interact with people and when to play and where to play and what not to play and what to play and um, I was talking to a friend yesterday from Ville Platte who knew uh, Kersey per Porkchop Roy very well and Porkchop played with a lot of people including Jimmy C. Newman later on and uh, some Cajun bands later on but his, uh, his, his main claim to fame was played with Harry Schultz for a while and the whole reason he was telling me he got started was because his dad was a big gambler around Eunice and he'd make him wash his dollar bills on the clothesline because he didn't like the smell of tobacco <laughs> until he got enough. He owned his open, opened his own restaurant and he said, I need music in the restaurant. And he, he bought his kids instruments and said, y'all going to be my band. They said, but daddy, we don't know how to play. <laughs> said, You're going to learn. Don't worry about that. And they learned. Next thing you know, he's playing drums with pork chop, uh, with, with, Chuck Guillory, next thing you know, Harry Schultz comes to town, needs a drummer, and he's playing sh with Harry Schultz. And he, the Balfour brothers were standing in front of him with their jaws dropped. Their girls were trying to get him to dance. And, uh, and he was just looking at them like, yeah, y'all wish y'all could be up here one day. And the Balfour <laughs> brothers just wanted to be up there. No one talks about how much Harry Schultz influenced the Balfour brothers and other. You, if you listen to the classic Balfour licks that they teaching the folk camps now, it all comes from Harry Schultz because he was so out the box, no one could even, no one could even realize that, they really even call it cage music, they don't even mention it at the, you know, it's right. like Harry Schultz was just a phenomenon. He never even had his own fiddle though, he carried a archtop guitar and could play gypsy jazz, he played Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli, you know, but he played what the people wanted. After Harry Schultz died, Porkchop went and played with Jimmy C. Newman and happened to be there the night Elvis came out. And the story he told me yesterday was that when Elvis went on stage for the first time at the Louisiana Hayride, he went to the side, saw a pork chop, he said, man, you got nice hair. Because he had these 
what they call the ducktails, pulling your two sides back and touching them in the back. So all that because his dad needed a band at his restaurant. Right. All out of necessity. So, <laughs> you know, it can come from anywhere. It can come from, you know, in our cases, our families played music, but didn't say, you need to do this, you need that. It came from us absorbing around us, right? And, and seeing what we like and what we take notice to. Like you said, you want to take a picture of this, you want to hear that and put that together. It's, it's uh, we're very lucky to have so many, so many people to collaborate with here right in Louisiana because there's so many styles. Right. You know, we don't have to look far. We have so many. Yeah, I, I almost feel guilty sometimes from, from being <laughs> in such an enriched area between whatever, New Orleans to Lake Charles to Shreveport. And it's like, there's so many experiences that I've sort of put myself in in the last, whatever, 15 years that I, I almost feel like friends that I met from Wisconsin, friends from North Carolina, friends from even Florida. It's like, you know, I know y'all all live here now and y'all love New Orleans and y'all do this, but it's like, this is this has been like this. It's like, exactly. I don't know how else to put it as, as yeah. far as just, we. this is what I was raised in, you know? It's self-regulating in right. that way. It, it just keeps on going. As much as we worry about things changing, it's like it always seems to take care of itself. But do you believe that this is a dying culture? I think, you know, I think that the idea of culture and um, legacy and, um, shall I say, uh, heritage, they're, they're, very, they're very different concepts because I think it's an ever-changing thing. So I think we're always, you know, there's pieces of it that are always dying. Like, for example, in the French language, there is so many words that are never used anymore because they're not needed. So, you know, as technology evolves, you can stop using certain words or then certain words that weren't even invented. You know, you have to use American English words or whatever. So language is always changing. Same with music. I mean, when, you know, when the accordion was new 100 years ago, what did Cajun music sound like? So we think we have something beautiful today. Well, it go 150 years back when you would listen and what would it have been? Or go to Congo Square in the 1800s, what would you have heard? And there was no one to record that. So these were the, these were like the, the predecessor collaborations mm -hmm. that were making what we have now. So it's a constant change, you know, and I think it's really important to continue to give it room to change. And that's something we've dealt with, you know, for the last two decades as Lost by You Ramblers has been, you know, remaining true to what we love as Louisiana French music and also allowing ourselves to remain true of what we're inspired to do and what we love about music as a whole. You know, so I think that it, there's always new culture being born. What it is and how it compares to what we think about what it could have, should have been or used to be is always a question. But, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we have to just do the best of what we got and, uh, and keep do our best to facilitate it and support it in that way. Sure. And, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel sometimes even to, you know, with tourism being back for, for – Festival International, Jazz Fest, these are exciting times for our our state and our state's sort of economy because we, I mean, even just this past weekend, Hawks for the Cause, Final Four, the basketball game, these are, these are things that we need to sort of keep going. And I hate to sort of lay it, out, lay it on the line like that, yeah. but it's, it's, we really need visitors. And I don't know, sometimes the language might change as far as how to show these visitors what true Louisiana is and what, hey, this is what we believe in or this is the music that we get down to. But that's kind of changing anyway. It's changing the people that I've grown up with my whole life from, from Louisiana. And, Definitely. And it's not even just French music. I mean, you can say, hey, uh, can, you, can you Bluetooth me that on the cloud, but make sure your, your Wi-Fi is off. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean to somebody that is maybe 60 plus years old? Yeah. What is totally. that language? <laughs> totally. And then what is it leading to? Is it, oh, maybe we make an awesome music that way. We make an awesome collaboration by doing something that way. And no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, everything needs to be, to be fed and appreciated. 
and you can't, you really can't keep anything the same. You, I mean, right. as much as we, you know, fantasize the golden time or the golden era of anything, Horace Tronhaw said it best. Uh, he said uh, in, that, in that one of his recent albums, he said, these are the good old days. These are the perfect times. Don't let it pass you by or something to that effect. And he's right, you know, it's, we can't look back and say, oh, if I wasn't alive when these bands are around, when like Louis Armstrong or, you know, Fats Domino or whoever, it's, it's, this is, there's something happening right now that will be looked on back and you, we might, they might be, you know, someone might just be walking right past the door right now and not realize they're passing up the chance to see something great. And there's always something great uh, happening and things changing and, and, uh, rearranging themselves and that's the beauty the beauty of American art and especially Louisiana art is that it keeps it keeps itself alive by continuing to change and you know kind of reinventing itself naturally and organically yeah no I feel that and and <clears throat> anticipating uh the 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 jazz fest being back I mean we're we're in mid-city we're kind of around the fairgrounds right now like you already feel it you know you yeah. already feel the buzz and and that's right it's three years it's it's really a that's big crazy. deal that's i mean a lot of pent-up energy <laughs> it hasn't not happened since before it started i mean i was looking at wow the famous mm -hmm. photo of clifton mm -hmm. just kind of turned back at the drummer like really smiling the massive crowd behind him yep. all black and white images so i have some photo books at my house of uh of the original sort of jazz fest photos and wow. it's just it's really it's really interesting to look at and uh it's i know that you know all your projects and and everything me show surrounded and it's it's going to be a fantastic festival season and i kind of mentioned that on my last episode about my favorite times of of being in louisiana and definitely those two weeks you can't you can't beat them i yep. mean <laughs> going over to lafayette and then coming back to new orleans for like 10 days straight whatever you need yeah, to do exactly. you know whatever you want to find even even the biggest musicians today in mm -hmm. popular music or jam music or whatever it is like they're coming down here yep they're trying to find gigs you got it all you're right you got it all people from across the world the largest american artists everything is going to be right here for a few weeks and you're right that's huge and that that has continued that has continued the louisiana artistic dialogue and collaboration for sure it's uh you're right it's such a special time because we could look back and say oh, all the dance halls are gone there's only one zydeco dance hall left but look what we got right now and you're right about yeah, that. yeah it kind of almost you know the dance halls were super special I'm, i've seen as many videos as i can find on them but it's like they've graduated they're yep. playing on fado do stage they're playing to five thousand people out on the fairgrounds you know they're to people that have never heard what zydeco is and like you talk about blowing somebody's mind. Yeah, that's that's like the truest form of maybe a American adult like getting their mind blown by seeing. <laughs> you gotta love that, right? It really that. is, and just not even the band, but the dancers and the crowd alone, and it's like that's that's helping. I think mental health of of the country, even even if it's you know you got to get a little juiced up before whatever. It's like you're going out to to experience that culture. You're going to try something new. And there's, there's older people around the country that still haven't been to Louisiana and still haven't experienced it Jazz really, Fest and still amazing. haven't done that. And that's it's like, amazing to think. It really is, man. <laughs> we it's take it like, for granted. We do. <laughs> we do. And I just I hope that whoever might be hearing this might be considering buying that flight, getting that hotel room, get them Airbnbs ready, because you know Louis Michaud is going to tear it down. Uh, what day are y'all playing? So we're... Um so let's see, the festival schedule, we're doing French Quarter Fest with Soul Creole on the 21st of April, 2 o'clock, and then Lost by Ramblers at 6 o'clock, and then we're doing Festival International on the Friday with 79ers Gang, April 29th. Michelle's Melody Makers is also playing on the Wednesday at Rev in I downtown Lafayette with Bruzy Pete's. That's oh, I'll be, be out there. Yeah, that's... I love the opening day. Yeah. And then doing that, then coming to Jazz Fest on April 30th or May 1st, the Saturday, whatever the Saturday is, April 30th. And then we're actually going to Pensacola for a festival on the weekend, on the Sunday, and then Le Fadami Show is playing Jazz Fest on May 4th, I believe, or 6th, the Saturday. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, and then... The second Saturday? 
No, yeah, the second Saturday, that's right, second Saturday, and then Soul Creole is playing the Brobridge Crawfish Festival on the last Sunday. There you go. So, so yeah, not even just Jazz Fest International. Yeah. You go to Pensacola, catch probably their Crawfish Fest, and then go to Bro Bridge and catch their Crawfish Fest. It's, exactly. It's, it's great. And we've and then we've doing a few club shows, and we've turned down a few club shows as well because we've killed ourselves so many times playing like five. We've uh, we One time we did seven gigs in 24 hours at that period. <laughs> And it was just like never sleeping and just constantly like play, load up, and it just turned into the so we, we're trying to be a little kinder to ourselves. Right. You know, and not do the two AM back to two AM shows of just nonstop shows. You have to call Guinness World Record books over here <laughs> yeah. and be like, all right, seven gigs yeah. in, in twenty four hours, you may have just beat the record. So <laughs> that's incredible, man. And it's I commend y'all's work ethic because out of out of every band in Louisiana, out of every you know family name, I think Misho has, has held y'all's own, and it's just it's I'm an it's an honor to know you and your brother, and and just a little ice tip of the iceberg to learn about the entire Misho family, and and uh, I know that I know that this podcast um, won't be able to tell the whole lineage, but <laughs> yeah. but hopefully on and on. right, hopefully one day you know we can we can sit down again and. And get get de- deeper into it, and and uh, I need to learn more about my great great greats mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's it's sort of my knowledge of the Romero name isn't as deep, but I do know you know that it's still rolling. And yeah, that's no, it's great. I mean, that's what I was gonna say is you know the our Spanish side that was from New Orleans ended up in New Iberia, the Marines. And it's great. It's just cool to see how it all works out. And the farther you get back, the more interesting it gets and the more questions you have because you don't know much, just a few little pieces of information. But it's it's crazy how people, you know, families move from parish to parish and and where do they, you know, where we end up and why and all that. It's great. It's so, so interesting and uh, to follow the generations of flows. And, you know, somehow all of us ended up in Lafayette somehow, you know. Right. <laughs> I guess because the college ended up there. Yeah, yeah. It was used. To, like, we're going to Lafayette Square Park right now. That used to be Lafayette. There, what? <laughs> that was the Lafayette. There was no Lafayette. It was Vermilionville. Lafayette was in New Orleans, and then Lafayette became Lafayette, and this became New Orleans. Wow. <laughs> so it's you know. One so more. is it is it safe to say that a Romero invented the New Iberia haircut? That could be very possible. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out who wrote the damn song. So we had a we had an encrypted message that it was his brother, but he wouldn't respond. Like, so who is the person? So people are still, you know, no one's coming forward and raising their hand, and which I don't blame him in a way. But you I mean, now there's that many royalties to make from. But man, it could be a legend. But you know, some people aren't ready for the spotlight, and they don't they know not to take the spotlight like that because. Uh, what started out as a funny little cute little song and joke has been a phenomenon. That's how oh, it goes. What? Like the, Dude, that it's is... almost like, you know, achy breaky heart or something. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh I had actually gotten to play the live version of that song on, on the end of one of our one of our episodes of Hold the Gravy and it's it's a slammer, man. That that live version. That live album y'all did, was that recorded in New Orleans at multiple venues? Yeah, we did six or seven different six venues in New Orleans plus the Dewdrop in, in right. Ma- Mandeville. Nice. But back to the new Iberia haircut, the thing about <laughs> you know, people say it comes from the, the Caesar, like a, Sp- a Spanish right. kind of haircut, Latino or whatever. And that's, you know, that completely goes back to the Spanish heritage of, and that my Spanish roots and your Spanish roots have all ended up in new Iberia. It's just too, it's too, uh, too coincidental. I know it. I know it. And uh, people always say, well, why is your why? name Romero? Yeah. Like what you're, and I don't look like I'm even Cajun. I look, I look like I'm German or something, but I can't even answer it. You, you know, know, you're going to look, you're going to look back and find out some interesting things. We've just, uh, just find out some super interesting things about some of the Spanish French roots of ours, but yeah, it goes on and on. It's fun. It's always fun to look back and see what you can find. It really is, man. It really it doesn't stop, and I know that this this podcast is kind of trying to. I'm trying to tell the story of the of the past with still gaining a little bit of interest of some listeners from all over the the globe to come and da- come down and check it out. You know, check out the new side of Louisiana. Come see some funk music. Come see some Cajun music. You know, and and uh, I think with the internet age, I think it's it's helped a lot of newer 
visitors come to Louisiana and, uh, I mean, just with food reviews and people doing TikToks on yeah. crawfish or whatever There's it is. There's always something new coming out of Louisiana. And that's, we're known for being traditional and we're less known for being innovative, but so much innovation has always come out of Louisiana. Right. From, you know, early jazz to, say, Dickie Landry going to New York to, you know, some of our band members working with these national acts that are doing new things. And just Louisiana has always had so much innovation coming out of it that, that usually doesn't get the, the, front, the front page because it's usually kind of under the radar and then it comes around the back end. But there's, you get it all. You get, you get the old school stuff that you can only find here and then you also get a lot of new stuff that is up and coming. It's true. And I think of that with food culture too. I, I know um, so many newer mm. restaurants that, that sort of come into light. And, and I think it's because of the internet almost and people coming down to maybe try a real traditional spot like Mother's or something, but ends up turning the corner and finding Bub's Burgers or Turkey and the Wolf. And it's like, well, wait, this isn't Louisiana food or is it? It's, it's just a newer sort of representation of, of just some some guys in a kitchen, some girls in a kitchen, like really just whipping it up. Yeah, and really caring about what they're doing and, and being artistic about it and pleasing the people, pleasing themselves and making something that makes you feel good and taste good for real. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And we're, we're partnered with the Delcom Seafood and Farmers Market. So we're out there uh, every first Saturday they do the, the Delcom Seafood Market and they have a shrimp boat that can pull up when the shrimping's right. Uh, this year, this past year wasn't as good for shrimp. But they pull up and they wait in line with their ice chest, with big ice chests, oh, yeah. and they just oh, yeah. dump it straight in there, and then they go straight home. I That's mean, it. I've, I've been. I, I didn't go when it was on, but I went and check out the where the market happens, and I want to go when it's on. Right, every first Saturday of the month, except uh, I think January and then June and July. There's no no markets either, but it's. It's really special, man. Hold the gravy is a newer thing um, coming coming out of that sort of collective. But so hold the gravy is that having to do it with seafood, or is it just just? It's sort of like multi. a seafood culture, but it's yeah. it's multi. Uh, I'm trying to almost show people what else is is what else there is in Louisiana, and obviously something to benefit their mental health to come to Louisiana and also benefit their physical health seafood. and seafood no and seafood is so important i mean in my own household i have people that need seafood as their vitamins like it's almost it's an antidepressant it's a you get micronutrients that you don't get from you know seafood is so important and it's part of our it's a necessary part of our diet my grandpa louis michaud fished almost every day of his life and i mean you know sakale brim specs and just we always had fish always and you know there's there 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 was almost not a day where we didn't talk about it or go out and do it and definitely consider ourselves fortunate for that and to you know if, that's the thing if you don't get seafood in your body like in a few weeks you start getting off you know it's like that's it's like not point. drinking coffee in the morning that's a good point you got to keep that you got to it's true it's good for your mind it's good for your body you heard it here first, y'all. Louis Michel said, order it up. Wherever you are, we'll ship it to your doorstep. We're, we're going to get oysters between Soundcheck and, uh, and the show. So. Hey, that's perfect, man. Well, I'm going to catch you at your show tonight. Wednesday at the Square, y'all. We got Lost by Your Ramblers hitting the stage at 6 p.m. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Louis. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, Hunter. It was great to finally make it. We made it. That's it. We're going to see you at festival season. All right. See y'all there. Welcome back, Hold the Gravy listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in on episode 14. It was so special to run into Louie in New Orleans. I texted him. He texted me back. I texted him again. He texted me back. It was kind of a back and forth for a little bit, and then I, it was like, hey, man, right now, let's meet. Let's do it. And it, it happened, and it, I'm grateful for it. And Louie, if you're listening, thank you again, man, for being my friend and, and joining the podcast and telling me a few stories that of things that I, I didn't know. And I'm lucky to know people like yourself, man. And, and uh, I hope that I can hear more of your, your family lineage sometime. And 
I really respect everything you do, and I've respected your music for so long. And If you're looking for some fresh seafood, we have a market on May 7th coming up in Delcom, Louisiana. I can't promise you there's going to be some shrimp. I'm not sure, but from the last two weeks, we've had a good string of luck with some really good fresh Gulf shrimp from Lil Man himself from the Lil Man boat. So get on out there and really support support the vendors and bring an ice chest just in case. Just in case you got to wait in line on that dock to get your freezer full. Make sure you check out all the vendors at Delcom Seafood and Farmer's Market. Get you some food. Check out Laurel Blackerby's menu. She always comes up with some super creative stuff with some really fresh ingredients. We've had... A really exciting year, and I hope all of the tourists that are coming into the great state of Louisiana can find what you're looking for touring down here. And, and you know, I heard on the radio yesterday on K-Ball that two gentlemen from Australia stopped by in Eunice for a tour on their way to Festival International and, and Jazz Fest, and that just that means so much. That is so amazing to hear that and you know, two people from Australia that just want to check it out, check out the culture, maybe are fans of it, can listen to K Bon or KRVS all the way across the great oceans, across this globe, and technology has made people learn more about Louisiana in a way. And I think that's really that's really special. I I I'm grateful to be living in the technological age because of that. I want more people to hear WWOZ or these these really famous radio programs that have been going for so long and that play some some special music through the airwaves and, and now through the internet. And uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm extremely happy. And I want to give a big shout out to everybody in my life that has made all of this possible. And uh, I want to just continue on and be the best I can for Hold the Gravy and for the rest of everybody around me, friends and family. So thank you so much again for listening. Got some more episodes coming at you. Be on the lookout. Hold the gravy. Hold it, y'all. Don't hold it too tight, but hold on to it. Peace.